Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jake Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack Rancher, Japuma. What's up, man? How you doing, my friend? Oh, you know, living the dream. Living the dream. Had a had a good weekend. Had you and your brother in town. It was great watching uh, football with you guys. And, you know, saw that, you know, crap fest known as Giants Jets. And somehow Dayball screwed the pooch in. And, you know, mm-hmm. we uh, we really saw the, uh, the end of the potential run of the pads. The, the Phoenix Jones rising from the ashes known as... Foxborough Stadium. Yet nothing happened, Jay. Nothing happened. He came back down to earth. Like I told you. Like I said. Fool's gold. And you turned into Billy from Brookline. And we had a nice slice of humble pie. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. Keep going. pie. Lay it on me, man. Lay it on me. It was a good week. Lay it on me, Hang on. Hang on. Let me – I would play this, but I feel like YouTube would, like, ding us for copyright infringement. So, everybody hurts (laughs) sometimes. Uh, yes, yes. Lay it on me, Puma. You know, the one thing about me, man, is that I will always take my medicine and I will admit when I'm wrong. A lot of people in this life, a lot of people in the podcasting world, a lot of people in sports media will have a take, stick with it, and they will not budge off of it. I will tell you straight up, I was duped. I was duped for a week. I was duped thinking that after the Patriots beat the Bills, that we were going to go on a run. (laughs) Yeah, we went on a run. And Mac Jones was going to rise from the ashes, you know. Uh, his new name was going to be Mac Phoenix Jones, you know. But, unfortunately, he's more of a uh, Mac dead pigeon Jones. He's one of those pigeons on a subway in New York City that gets hit by the train. And he's mm. just there on the tracks. That's that's who the Patriots are. That's who Mac Jones is. Every little scintilla of, um, you know, going on a run, having some sort of success this season, I think that's completely gone. And... You know, obviously, looking forward, like we're playing the the Washington Commanders this week. You know, they're selling off pieces left and right, and I still don't feel good about that game. I, mm-hmm. I still think there's a chance that the Washington Commanders might beat us. But you know, ultimately, this is a bigger conversation about the Patriots, and we've been having this for two or three years now. Like the the buck really needs to, you know, stop with Robert Kraft. It's not just Bill Belichick anymore. Um, I think for me, we haven't touched on this in the podcast yet. For me, I've I always blame Bill Belichick for what he did to the Patriots organization. But now I'm at the point now where I'm also going to blame Robert Kraft as well, right? It makes no sense to me. It makes absolutely no sense to me that, you know, after the last three years of being under 500, uh, you know, hiring Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and wrecking your franchise quarterback and destroying his confidence, after all that in the offseason, Robert Kraft decided it was a good move to give him either an extension or more money. And it seems like he did both. It, it seems like he provided Bill Belichick with some sort of reward, whether it's financial gains or more security in his contract. Um, and he's basically saying the last three years, boy, we're a good job, buddy. Here's more money. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, that's um, – I, I never understood that. And I, I, I've always thought, you know, right there with you, kind of in like the underbelly of everything is like, Bob Kraft like really got off scot free and pretty much everything like from from the whole Brady leaving New England to to what like you know Max second year and like the the personnel hirings and the drafting and, and and everything that's well documented and then like you know you look at the you look at the trade deadline today right 
And, you know, the, the team that you guys are playing, that like you brought up, the, the commies, like they are clearly jettisoning, you know, assets to rebuild. I think they have like 35 picks within the top 100 now, like with the Montez Sweat trade and then the, the Chase Young trade and, and everything like that. You know, I'm I'm, I'm honestly surprised they didn't move Jonathan Allen. Uh, I think the only reason why they kept him was because he was, you know, homegrown. Like he was one of their first round draft picks that they started building on the defensive line with. Um, but like they clearly punted on everything and you look at new England and like that, you know, I, I don't really care about how muddy the AFC is like, you know, the, going nowhere fast. And I feel like there were some assets that probably could have been jettisoned off to get draft capital. Now moving down the road, would Bill Belichick be the right person in charge to do the drafting? I don't think so. Logic would say Kraft would, you know, get a general manager in there, whether, you know, someone like a Scott Pioli, not like he's going to come back, but actually have someone to make the roster decisions and just have Bill coach. Um, but that's, well, I mean, that's a discussion think, for You think he'll jump on that? With, no, he, I don't think he'll, he'll, I don't think he'll, he'll agree to that, right? Right, but it might be a backdoor way to just get him the hell out of there. Like, at some mm -hmm. point, like, Kraft is a businessman. I understand it. But at some point, like, you got to look at the sum cost. Like, is it better to just cut bait, jettison everything, hit reset, which is something you should have did, like, two years ago, and get this roster turned over? And, yeah, like, the first two or three years are going to suck. Well, you could have been in a good spot now if you ripped the Band-Aid off two years ago, and you could be on the upswing. Like, you could be the Dolphins. You could be what the Bengals became when they got Joe Burrow and they started getting Jamar Chase. Like, you could be, you know, we see the positive moves that the Houston Texans are doing in such a short period of time with just C.J. Stroud. And, hey, look at that. Like, a competent head coach in, in, uh, in D'Amico Ryans right now. Like the, Or look at the Lions. Like, look at what the Lions have done over the last couple of years. But, no, like, for some reason – I think it's a mix of, you know, Bob Kraft still drinking the the Kool-Aid that Bill Belichick is still the greatest of all time. And then some weird fear of, oh, man, Bill is going to coach somewhere else. I can't have that, which is yeah. honestly stupid. And what's it going to do? Like, wh why are why is Robert Kraft and the Patriots fan base afraid of Robert uh, of uh, Bill Belichick going somewhere else and doing something? He's going right. to do absolutely nothing. Like, Bill Belichick, we've seen who he is as a coach. He's a bad football coach. Like, let's not, he's not even average. He's below 500 without Tom Brady. So he is technically a bad football coach without Tom Brady. So I have no fear that he's going to go to the Chargers or the Cowboys and somehow turn it around. It's not even that, Jay. If he's going anywhere, let's just be honest. If he's going anywhere, he's going to the Giants. He's going to the Giants. He's going to be there for two years. He'll finish where he started as a special teams coordinator under Bill Parcells. And maybe they go to the playoffs, but like that roster for the giants is going nowhere fast. And if you're Bob Kraft, at least he's not even in your conference anymore. So like he goes to the NFC, maybe you play him once within those two years when the NFC East comes here. I don't even know if that's in the next cycle over the next couple of years, but like, he's not going to the AFC and like, come on, he killed like Mac Jones's career. Do you really want him in charge of uh, Justin Herbert who just signed that massive contract extension? You know, like he's probably, he's worse than Brandon Staley. And we bury Brandon Staley on here all the time. Him and Mike McCarthy are awash. And then again, like he goes to Dallas, at least he's not in your conference anymore. But then again, like Jerry Jones is just going to step in the way as a general manager anyways, too. So he's not going to do that either. To me, if he leaves, it's, you know, Meadowlands, Giants, or or bust.
And do you think he'll have any success out there? Do you Mm-mm. think Bill Belichick going and coaching the Giants? Like, I mean, that's a rebuild job, in my opinion, because Daniel Jones is not the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe the Cowboys is a little bit different situation because you have Dak uh, Prescott there and obviously Justin Herbert and the Chargers. That's probably the best landing spot for Bill Belichick. But I truly have no fear whatsoever. I fear Tom Brady leaving the Patriots and winning a Super Bowl, and that happened year one. I fear no way in hell that Bill Belichick's going to leave us and have any success anywhere else. And it's funny that Robert Kraft has that fear. Robert Kraft has that fear that somehow it's going to be a stain on his legacy that he let both Brady and Belichick walk, which is ridiculous to me. It is absolutely ridiculous. Like his, his legacy is intact. So I, I don't think he wants to get to that point now where he's going to send Bill Belichick away. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of Weasley what Robert Kraft is doing. He's taking a page book out of the Jerry Jones approach of selling your franchise. Because let's be real, Jerry Jones, right? As crazy as he is, he has essentially built the most profitable franchise on the planet. It's worth the most on the planet over all these soccer clubs, right? And it's a hick team from Dallas, Texas, right? And how and how do they do it? They do it by all this buzz and all this all this like insane media like i don't know how do they get these storylines going and they do it without winning and that's what robert Kraft is doing now he's seeing that he can't sell winning anymore to his to his fan base so let's go ahead and have belichick out there maybe he's gonna get fired maybe he won't get fired there's all this drama about mac jones and all this other bullshit and i think that's probably what it is that's probably what, what robert Kraft is holding on to is he can't sell winning anymore he'll have to sell bill belichick and all the drama surrounding the patriots right now yep what a time to be alive jay how far the mighty have fallen. Oh, uh, I bet you're loving this, huh? You're, you're loving this over I 20 mean, years. You know, welcome <laughs> to the back of the bus. <laughs> it's a fun time back here. Yeah, so speaking of uh, the Patriots, we lost to the Dolphins this past weekend. Uh, the Dolphins looked good. 31-17 final score. The Dolphins have taken on the Kansas City Chiefs in Germany this week. 9.30 a.m. game. We got winning, and I know the answer already. Viva la Deutschland. Uh, it's going to be close. Um, the point spread right now is uh, Kansas City is uh, laying two and a half points. I think the over-under is a robust 51. Uh, but, no, they're playing in Frankfurt here. Uh, I'm going to go with the Dolphins, shocker, but not really just because I'm, I'm a homer here. This is when you look homer. at the tra- when you look at like the travel and everything involved, like Miami, they went out to Frankfurt uh, late last night. I think they got in at like 730 local time this morning. Kansas City's travel plans, they're leaving on Thursday, uh, you know, probably get in there, you know, the next day bright and early, uh, factoring in the time changes and everything. Um, but you look at you look at all the all things involved here. This is going to be another test for the Dolphins. Like they're doing what t- good teams should be doing, which is kicking the teeth in of bad football teams. But they haven't answered the bell when it comes to teams with winning records like the Eagles or the Bills and now the Chiefs here. Uh, the Chiefs are coming off of a surprising loss to the Denver Broncos in Denver. Uh, it, it really didn't even look close. Like the box, the, the box score didn't, doesn't do it justice. Like you got to watch the game. But you know, Mahomes with the you know flu and everything going on, oh, he oh. didn't look that great. And you know, we saw again of what life looks like when Travis Kelsey is essentially taken away from the game plan, and you have to put your faith in. Sky Moore and Rishi Rice and you know Justin Watson and all other parties involved. Um, I think it's really going to come down to 
what Frank Spag, uh, what Spagnolo is going to do on the defensive side of the football. Like they, they're not that great at winning uh, and, you know, run stopping. They, they've been giving up rush yards. I think they gave up like 150 last week to the Denver Broncos. That's just with Javante Williams and, and that McLaughlin kid. But now you have Jeff Wilson Jr. coming off of IR and he looked good last week for the limited touches that he had. Uh, Mostert looked okay, even with the ankle injury. And then with a little bit of uh, Ahmed uh, sprinkled in there. I think they're going to be able to run the football on the Chiefs and possibly short the game and keep Mahomes off the side on the sideline. So in the past game, like obviously they're going to take away Tyree Kill. I think you're going to see a big day again for Jalen Waddle. And I kind of have like a little sneaky suspicion that maybe like Durham Smythe might fall into the end zone too. Uh just a kind of a forgotten tight end on that Dolphins offense here. But you know, who knows how Mahomes is going to be feeling too? Like if he's still under the weather. He was under the weather oh, the morning of the game. And he's probably going to get like shot up with liquid IV because he probably has a sponsorship deal with them. But now you're traveling, you know, across the pond and you're not even going to London. You're going to Germany now. Like, you know, who knows what the international travel is going to do on the body here. So give me, give me the dolphins here. If I'm not playing, I'm not betting this game right now. If somehow this gets to three, I will, you know, just take it out of principle for taking the dolphins with the three points. But uh, probably not going to bet this game at all. I kind of like the under. 50 seems a little bit high. Question for you. Mm. With Tua having intimate knowledge with the Kansas City Chiefs, right, and the Kansas City Chiefs having intimate knowledge with Tua, do you think they have a leg up on in stopping Tua? Like, Because I'm sorry, I with Tyreek, right? So ultimately Tyreek has been able to run roughshod over everybody, right? I saw that stat. The first uh, player within the mm. first eight games reaching 1,000 yards uh, has been ever done. Um, so ultimately, like what I'm trying to get at is, you know, with the intimate knowledge the Chiefs have of Tyreek Hill, do you think they will have a game plan that can actually slow him down? Uh, because a lot, probably. Of people, a, lot, a lot of people want to slow down Tyreek, but they can't. I mean, the, the Patriots tried this weekend, no success at all. Right. I mean, logic would say, yeah, I think they're going to limit him to uh, to a certain extent. But like at some point, like you you have you know a secondary trying to stop a track team. Like you know, mm-hmm. worst case, all right, Tyreek Hill gets what four receptions on six targets and seventy five yards, and maybe falls into the end zone. But he's going to open up so many more opportunities underneath for Waddling Company. But I feel like Tua is just going to force feed the ball to Tyreek to have like the revenge game narrative here. And yeah. now that he just crossed the one thousand receiving yard mark. And we're what week nine at this point now that's kind of bananas so like the bar he set for 2000 receiving yards really isn't that far-fetched with how much is left of the season mm-hmm. and the other thing too for like intimate knowledge i keep going back to this but like vic fangio faced these guys for like what two years as a head coach at denver mm-hmm. and i know his yeah, tenure as, well. a De- yeah. as a denver broncos head coach in yeah. totality was not that great but his defense did decent against the Kansas City Chiefs, all things considered. And, you know, if, if Kansas City gets in the red zone, we're just going to see the patented Vic Fangio defense of, okay, we're going to bend but not break. And if we can limit them to field goals, that's a small, that's a victory right there. And now that Jalen Ramsey's is back and he's already getting interceptions, like I think he could take advantage of this and maybe generate a turnover or two on, uh, on Patrick Mahomes here. Last question for you before we move off this. So, you know, and I'll give you my MVP here soon. But do you think Tyreek Hill has a legit chance of being MVP? I mean, ultimately, we've never seen a a, a wide receiver do this. And if he consistently stays on this path and he gets to a 2,000 um, receiving yard mark, and I mean, even if he comes close, if he comes to 18, 1,900 yards, I mean, like, I think he might have a legit chance of winning the MVP. 
I don't think so. I mean, at this point in the game, like this is this is essentially just a quarterback only award, in my opinion. I mean, but, but this is the year but, it could it could change because there is no clear cut like quarterback that's like dominating, right? Uh, Josh Allen up and down every week. Joe Burrow just now finally coming alive, right? I mean, ultimately. Uh, the 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 numbers that Patrick Mahomes is putting up they're equivalent to Russell Wilson's number right mm. it's nothing great he's having a step back here as well if there ever is a year to break the cycle this could be it bro I feel like people are just going to talk themselves into Lamar and that's not a disrespect to Lamar I mean he's he's starting to round the corner offensively you know taking away the Arizona game but like now that they have home cooking in a game we're going to be getting to in a little bit the last time they had a home game they absolutely demoed the Detroit Lions, he looked great in that game as well, too, through the air. Um, I think people would just talk themselves into Lamar being the MVP because it's, like I said, it's a quarterback-driven award now. But, like, he would get – he's the slam dunk offensive player of the year at this point. Like, it's not even close. It is Tyree Kill and then, like, 50 feet between the next person, and then it's the field. So, worst case, yeah. worst case, he's offensive player of the year. You want to know who my MVP is? Hmm. Take a guess. Take a while, uh, yes. Mac Phoenix Jones. Sean Payton. Sean Payton of the Denver Broncos. He's like the man that we needed. Is the hero exactly that we don't deserve, but we need, right? Mm-hmm. He was able to beat Patrick Mahomes this past weekend, right? Essentially debunking and just throwing out that whole flu game narrative right because i was already preparing myself for espn and fs1 and all these crazy sites talking about how patrick mahomes had the sniffles aka the flu and he went out there and beat the broncos and sean Payne said nope you are not gonna do that in my house so thank you sean Payne. you are the true mvp this uh this year if i had a vote i would vote for you sir yep <laughs> real american uh, hero sean Payne. let's go sean Payne. i have the dolphins winning as well Fins up, Puma. Fins up. Fins up. All right. Let's move on to the Seahawks versus the Ravens. Um, both these teams are, are really rounding into form. And you just mentioned the Ravens, especially rounding into form. They had a hellacious beatdown of uh, – oh, crap. Who did, they beat, who did they beat yesterday? They were all bye last week, right? No, the, the Ravens, they played uh, Arizona. And that was yes. kind of a yes. sneaky sweat if sneaky. anyone had uh, the spread on that game. So. Yeah. I confused so, myself, and I thought they played the Lions this last Sunday, but it was two Sundays ago they played mm-hmm. um, the Lions. But, yes, they, they beat the Lions, demolished them. They came off that win, and they went up to Arizona and had a close game. So who do you got win this game, bro? Uh, I'm feeling kind of froggy here. Mm. I like Seattle on the road. The, the spread is five and a half. Seattle's a five and a half point road dog here. Uh, the over under, uh, according to DraftKings and FanDuel, is a robust 46 points here. Uh, not 46, sorry. Uh, 42 and a half to 43. Um, I kind of like Seattle here. And that's with like the Geno Smith kind of hiccups in the red zone that we've seen the last couple of games. I think he's going to be able to round. Uh, rounded to form and, and and address those issues. But to me, it's going to come down to the Seattle wide receivers versus the secondary of the uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Because outside of like Marlon Humphrey, like the, the secondary really, to me, doesn't scare me. And I think there's going to be opportunities for, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett, Noah Fan, hell, even that Bobo kid might fall in the end zone too. I think there's going to be opportunities to be had and, and DK is going to be super physical against, you know, Marlon Humphrey as well too. So it's going to come down to, to the secondary and how they hold up here. Um, you know, with all that being said, like Lamar is going to be able to sling it around. 
He has to be aware of like where Devin Witherspoon is on the defense because he lines up all over the place and can come in on the blitz and take your head off. Um, but I think it's going to be close. It's going to be a shootout. The over 42 and a half is one of my best bets this week. Uh, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Seattle on the road and that's on the road at 1 PM Eastern time. Yeah. 10 o'clock body clock game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, you know, that's the way I see this as well is, you know, both these teams are leading the divisions. Both these teams are are very good in my, in my opinion, and this could be a potential Super Bowl matchup. Who the hell knows? Right. But I think the, the crossing, you know, the country going out there and playing that game at one o'clock is a 10 o'clock body clock game. I, I think that's just a little too much for the Seahawks team, especially with how well the Ravens team is, pl- is playing at the moment. Right. They're really rounding into form. You just mentioned a few minutes ago that they could potentially Lamar Jackson could be the MVP of the league, and I agree with that. I mean, I, I think there there will come a time here soon where people will start putting the stats together and be like, all right, well this this team with that new offense, it looks really really good. So you know, I, I'll take I'll take the Ravens winning this. Um, you know, I I'm a big fan of the Seahawks. I, I I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago. Like, don't be shocked. Like everybody everybody's saying the 49ers are going to win that division. I would not be shocked if the Seahawks win that division, right? Everybody's giving the 49ers the conference and the division. I'd be like, yo, hold up, timeout. This Seahawks team is legit. They've got a lot of young weapons. They're, they they develop players at such an amazing clip. Like, I don't think anybody else in the NFL develops players this well, whether it's mm-hmm. defense, offense, all of it. And they've got a special thing going there with uh, with Pete Carroll. Now, the only concern I have is Geno Smith. Uh, you know, yep. depending on which week it is, he might be riding back or not riding back. So, I don't know if this week he's going to be riding back or if he's actually going to play good. So, you know, it all comes down to Geno Smith, as it does with most NFL games. You know, quarterbacks are going to be essential in all this. But at the end of the day, I'm just more, you know, inclined to believe that Lamar Jackson is going to have that that the better game out of the two quarterbacks. You know what's wild is, like, if you were to go to DraftKings, the unofficial official sports book of the Pro Football Radio Podcast, and you go to the Futures tab for the NFL, and you go, scroll all the way to the bottom – uh the San Francisco 49ers are still the favorite to win the NFC West at minus That's 235. The, the Seahawks have the second best odds at plus 200. And I to would, me, put some money on them, bro. That is, that is insane because we've seen over the last two weeks that Brock Purdy, when the game is on the line, is not that guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, I know mm-hmm. it's a small sample size. He's only played what, like a hand, what is it, 15 games at this point, including the postseason. Yeah. And that's with like a quarter of that Eagles game, too. But, you know, for all these accolades of how fast he processes things, and I understand he was coming off of a, of a concussion, but like called me the Homer fan here. Nobody cut to a tag of Iloa any mm-hmm. slack when he had concussions. If anything, they were burying him, ready to put him to the retirement home. And yet, you know, everyone's given Brock Purdy like a kind of a free pass on the last two games and not really holding Kyle Shanahan to the fire about the concussions and everything like that. But the fact of the matter is, is that was a close contested game and he costed, he cost them the victory again with the turnovers. And I think there was a fumble to seal the loss too. Like you can't, you can't be doing that. If you're the Super Bowl team and now you're going all in on Chase Young, who by the way is coming off of a down year. And I understand he missed time because of a knee injury the year prior. Like, the big question is the quarterback, and I'm not sold on Brock Purdy. So if you're giving give me either. plus 200 odds 
for Seattle to win the NFC West, like I'm not a big futures guy. I might put some money down on that. Well, I, I know you said that we have a small sample size of Brock Party, but I, I think I would sort of disagree a little bit here. I mean, out of all of the games that he started, uh, was it 15 games that he started, right? Yeah, no more than 16, yeah. Yeah, right? So three of them are losses the last three games, right, where he couldn't come through in the clutch. I mean, that's a big sample size. That's what, mm-hmm. a 15-3? I mean, that's like, what, 25% of the of the overall his, uh, starters start? So, I mean, like, what I'm trying to get at is, you know, we've seen what he is with the Avengers squad, right? When everybody's healthy with the 49ers, he is dynamite, right? And I was looking forward to seeing how would he perform, right, against the, the Eagle. I'm sorry, the, the Cleveland Browns, and then the the Vikings, and all these all these teams that he's kind of lost for the last like three weeks. Like he he's come up small, and and he's had chances to win them too. That's that's the most that's the most messed up part about this is he's had chances to win, but he unfortunately just couldn't get it done with everything that isn't perfect around him at that time. And I we had this conversation a few weeks ago. You know, I wanted to see what Brock Purdy would look like on the road in some adversity, playing from behind. And so far, he's he's failed all three of those tests, right? And mm-hmm. and I was ready to kind of buy into Brock Purdy a little bit. I was like, damn, man, this guy is like week in a week as like a machine, right? Like, I think I'm starting to get to a point where I said he might be special. I said that to you a few weeks ago. But the last three weeks, with all the information we have now, it might not be the case. Yep. All right, let's move on to one of the best games of the week. The Dallas Cowboys are taking on the Philadelphia Eagles for NFC East Supremacy. This is going to be one hell of a game, bro. I'm actually super excited to watch a Cowboys game. I generally don't really care about the Cowboys much. If they're on, I'll kind of watch them, but I don't get it all involved like the nation does. But I'm looking forward to this game. I'm super excited about it. Who you got winning this, bro? Well, this is one of my best bets this week, too. And I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. How about them Cowboys? Wow. Even on the road in Philadelphia, and I understand if you've been riding with the Pro Football Radio podcast, I don't really, I'm not a big cowboy backer in prime time. And call it the four, four o'clock window, 425. That's like mini prime time in the NFL. But I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys on the road. I'm gonna, it's plus three right now. The over under is, like I said earlier, by accident, it's a robust 46 for a total. But I'm going to take the Cowboys here. Uh, you know, you look at what they did last week against the los angeles rams they have i was shocked by that they shocked. demoed they shocked. demoed on both sides of the football the offense looked great they looked like they were humming along uh dak Prescott, i believe he ended the day with either three or four touchdowns they didn't really have any issues in the red zone which is the complete opposite of how like the last you know handful of weeks have gone for this mike mccarthy offense and dak prescott he was uh safe with the football i don't think he had any turnovers uh last week either so he's really smart with the football here um, I'm, I'm going to take them here. The, the defense is still legit. They're flying all over the place. And I've said it last week and Jay, we we're talking about this offline a couple of weeks ago too, is I don't know if something happened in one of those brotherly shove plays with Jalen hurts, mm-hmm. but like ever since like maybe week two or week three, he's really, he hasn't been moving a whole lot. He's been kind of skittish, you know, taking contact. We saw it two weeks ago on Sunday Night Football against the Dolphins where they were able to get after him. And I don't know if he maybe he came up lame, he pulled something, they're saying he had a knee injury, but he's playing it off all he wants. But like he only rushed for six yards last week against Washington, and they barely got out of Washington, you know, by the skin of their teeth. Like the the the, the Washington commanders really, you know, pissed that game away, in my opinion. They should have won that game. Sam Howell threw for almost 400 yards on this defense. And, you know, if that's Sam Howell with like no offensive line throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns 
uh, I mean, once Dak Prescott in this offense and, you know, offensive line, assuming that they're full go is going to be able to do. So to me, Philadelphia, if they're going to have, you know, obviously they're, they're going to be at this game. Uh, I think a big key is you're, they're going to have to run DeAndre Swift right after, you know, Micah Parsons to take him out of the pass rush. Otherwise, like, I think this could get a little bit out of hand. And I, I think the Cowboys could win handily here. So I'm going to take the three points. I might even do an alt line. Like, who knows? But my best bet is Dallas plus three here. I'm going to I'm gonna take the Eagles here. And a lot of it just comes down to the Eagles. I haven't obviously played their best football yet. And I think we're still going to see that here moving forward. But I think the Cowboys are just so damn inconsistent. Like, mm. I coming off that demoing against the 49ers, they barely squeaked by a bad Chargers team. Yes, the Chargers have talent, but they're a bad football team, in my opinion. Like they, you know, they they barely won against those guys, and then and then they come out there and just demo the Rams, which I did not expect, right? So they're so up and down, and maybe you know, I think I'm starting to sense a little bit of. I think I think the Cowboys are that team that when things are going well, they're fucking amazing. Sorry, sorry, sorry for question there, YouTube. But when they're, when things are rolling, when things are rolling, bro, they are just on top of the world. They're the ultimate front runners, and you can see it in their players. Like Micah Parsons on a weekly basis could look either amazing, unstoppable when they're up by like two touchdowns, or he's nowhere to be found. He is mm-hmm. absolutely nowhere to be found. And, and I think that's, that's part of the reason why I don't think he's a legit, you know, defensive player of the year candidate, in my opinion, as good as his stats are. I think he's a little fraudulent, truthfully. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's a microcosm of the team in its whole where they can be amazing on a weekly basis or they can be crap. Now, the Eagles, right? I think they've been more consistent this year. So that's what I'm going to go with them, especially when the Eagles are going to turn this to a rock fight. I, I think the Eagles are the tougher team in the trenches. And when it becomes a rock fight, I'm always taking the Eagles no matter what, right? I mean, the brotherly shove, Jalen Hurts, squatting 600 pounds. I know, man. He fumbled. He fumbled. He, that was he that was kind of like did. the beginning of, like, that was the nail in the coffin. Like, yeah. the Undertaker was going down at WrestleMania moment right there. At A.J. Brown balling out, right? Besides uh, Tyreek, he's a close second to being the best wide receiver in the NFL at this moment. You know, I just I got I got the Eagles out home. I think it's gonna be too much. It's gonna be a fun game to watch. And uh Eagles fly, Eagles fly. Dallas, baby. Dallas. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Don't let me Last down, game. big D. Yes, sir. Last game of the uh NFL preview slate on our end. We've got the Buffalo Bills taking on the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday Night Football. Um, the Damar Hamlin game as it will be billed out to be by everybody. Um, Damar Hamlin uh last year suffered cardiac arrest in Cincinnati, and luckily the team trainers were able to revive him and save his life. So this is gonna be an emotional game for the Bills. It's gonna be high octane. Like I think this could be a potential disaster. And I'll give you my analysis real quick, just because I think the Bengals are gonna win this game because mm-hmm. The Bills are so goddamn immature. Like, this Bills team is so up and down. And then you throw in that, you know, emotional, like, volatile, like, fireball of, of DeMar Hamlin and going back to Cincinnati. Oh, I think the pressure is going to crush him. I saw the pressure crush him last year after that game. I truly think watching DeMar Hamlin and going through what he went through in Cincinnati, I think the team wasn't the same after that. And I think now, again, with all those negatives feeling uh, creeping back up, this team isn't the most you know, mentally strong. Uh, you don't think of them as like the, the Patriots of the olden days where they were just, no matter what happens, weekly basis of the churning as a machine. It's not like that for those guys. So that coupled with the fact that Josh Allen's probably due for a bad game here soon eventually, right? He's coming off of an okay game against the Buccaneers. And on the other side, you got Joe Burrow just looking so damn good. Like he looked really good this past weekend. Like he had his mandatory three-game suck fest in the beginning of the year. And now it's just 
demoing the San Francisco 49ers, and they're looking so damn good. So give me the Bengals all the way here, man. Yeah, I mean, the, the spread here is uh, Bengals minus two and a half. Uh, the over-under is uh, is 51. I think it's one of the highest totals of the week, you know, right there with the uh, with the Dolphins game, surprisingly enough. But, uh, Jay, I'm right, I'm right there with you. For for everything that you just said, the the emotional dump that's that this week is going to turn into because of DeMar Hamlin returning to Cincinnati. And, you know, I can already see it now. Like, he's going to be activated for the game. He's probably going to be a team captain for that week. And he'll be out there for the coin toss and everything. But – you know, people might feel like, oh, the Bills are back after they handled their business with Tampa Bay on Thursday Night Football. I would just like to point out that Josh Allen started running wild in that game only because Vita Vea was not playing in that game. I think that might have been a different story had he played. But the Bills, you know, the Bills kind of let them back in the back door. Like if uh, if Chris Godwin just turned his head around half a second sooner, he would have caught that touchdown. That's a different story. But beside the point, they're so inconsistent. I don't think the offense has found any semblance of an identity, you know, outside of just chucking the ball to Stephon Diggs or maybe Gabe Davis is down the field. Um, I, I just I don't I don't have a whole lot of faith in this offense here. And, you know, we saw two weeks ago against the uh, against the New England Patriots. It was almost like death by a thousand paper cuts by just throwing it in the middle of the field. And, you know, Zach, uh, Zach Taylor is going to find different ways to get Jamar Chase and, and Tyler Boyd and, and T. Higgins, you know, in space. And whether that means one of those guys is going to be in the slot going across the middle and, and taking up doing some of the dirty work to get the to get the move in the chains, like that's going to be it. And then they'll take their shots down the field because – this secondary really doesn't scare me. Like Davis White's not there. He blew out his Achilles uh, early on in the season here. And, and Matt Milano's not there because he broke his leg. So, I mean, I'll lay the two and a half. Um, I'll, you know, I, I think this, honestly, Jay, like I, I feel like this could potentially get out of hand, surprisingly really? enough. Like, wow. I, I, I think, you know, it, I think it's close just because of, you know, the, the mark, it's, you know, the marquee, right? It's Burrow and Allen. And we all know what Allen can do. But we've all seen what Allen, you know, does when he short circuits. And look at what Lou Amarillo did to that 49ers offense. And I, I understand Trent, William, Trent Williams uh, didn't play and Debo didn't play. But you still had the Swiss Army knife back there in, in Christian McCaffrey. And you still have Brandon Ayuk back there. And you had Brock Purdy, who's been lauded for how quickly he processes things. And he had him looking foolish. And this defense is starting to click here. And Trey Hendrickson is a beast, and I think they'll be able to push their way around the offensive line. And I, I could kind of see this playing out like four or five weeks ago when they when the Rams came to town and they absolutely demoed the the LA Rams and made Matthew Stafford look foolish. And I understand he's way older than what Josh Allen is, but I just when you factor that in with the emotional dump here, uh, I I think this has a potential to be in you know out of hand. So a uh, close uh, MVP runner-up for me after Sean Payton is the um, Cincinnati Bengals social media team because they had a post today with essentially the Bengals beating all four NFC East teams. And it said, NFC East, what happened, right? Because essentially, yeah. like the four wins, the four wins they've had is against the against those teams, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Sorry, I'm having a hiccup, I thought, here. What's it's going on? fine. All right. The segment that's uh, sweeping the nation, the segment where you should take out a second mortgage, run up that credit card debt, whatever you can get your hands on cash-wise, put on the Puma bets. So Guaranteed last week, we, before we talk about this week, we got to go back and look 
at the week that was. Now, college, you know, Utah let us down. Oklahoma let us down. Mm. Laid an egg in Lawrence. But Louisville came through. They won handedly against Duke. And then you look at the NFL, and I went 6-2 and two on Sunday. So it was a good feeling, Jay. We're going to build off of that. We're going to you know flow into this week. You know what's a bad feeling? Hmm. When you told me to take the Chargers um, spread instead of the money line, that was a bad feeling. Well, I told you to take the Bears spread instead of the Chargers money line. Thanks a lot, Puma bets. I mean, <laughs> nine and a half against that team. I will say this. I will say yeah. this. Like, the, the Bears didn't lose that game because of Tyler Badgett because yeah. there were throws that he is literally hitting people in the breadbasket and they are yeah. falling down wide ass open in the end zone. Yeah, I'm just saying. Well, how about I'm Tyler Badgett? How about Tyler Badgett's dad? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> freaking. He can you know arm wrestle Matt Eberflus and send his oh, ass man. back to Indianapolis. But anywho, <laughs> so the Puma bets right now. I only got two in the NFL. I only got two in college. But this is why you got to follow me on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. And you go in there and you search and you put in hashtag Puma right bets. Down I'll there. have I'll have all my bets listed that I have you know live. And then after the game, whether good or bad, I'll post a recap of how that bet did and what's accountable. So, so right now. And I'm, you know, later on tonight, it's October 31st. I'm gonna put like my record of what I did in the month of October and you know how how many you know units were up or down here. But it's been a great month. That, so. How do you keep track of that? Do you put that like in a spreadsheet or how do you tally that up? Um, I use the Picket app at Picket oh. Sports on Twitter. You can mm-hmm. find me, Brando Puma. My link, all my info is in my uh, my bio on Twitter. But you know, it's a bet tracking app. You can look at hashtag Puma bets. You can see how my Puma bets from the NFL, NCAA, basketball I've been doing. So it's it's all there. I'm not trying to hide anything or jimmy anything. So that's that's what we're working with. So for the NFL, like I said off the top, I'm taking Dallas plus three on the road against the Eagles. Just rewind five minutes to listen to that recap. And then the Seattle Seahawks, Baltimore Ravens total over 42 and a half. I think this has potential shootout uh, written all over it just given how Lamar is going to be able to ball out. And I think these wide receivers for Seattle are going to win their matchups against their cornerbacks here. And then for college, right now I only got two bets. It's probably going to change throughout the week. But when I locked in today, we're going to go to Austin, Texas, Jay. We're going to go down to the University of Texas. But I'm not taking the Longhorns. I'm taking K-State plus six. This is going to be a potential loser goes home in the Big 12 championship. If if K-State wins, you know, they, they're going to be moving on. I think they'll probably end up facing either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, which I'll get to that in a little bit, a little bedlam action here. But I'm going to take the Wildcats here on the road getting six points. I think this defense has been able to give Texas fits in the past, uh, whether it's, you know, on the road or at home. Uh, right now they're on the road in Austin. and. Texas, they don't have Quinn Ewers starting. It doesn't look like he's going to be starting this week with the, with the shoulder injury. So it's going to be the Malik Cunningham show. Uh, he looked good the week uh, last week. I forget who they played, but he looked good. But I think this defense is going to be able to contain uh, this this offense here. And you know, if they're able to, you know, keep Malik in the pocket, he didn't really rush last week. But that is one of his elements to the game is being able to rush and move around in the pocket and, and and move the chains with his legs. He's a really great athlete here, but I think they'll be able to keep him in check. 
Uh, Will Rogers has been able to be methodical and efficient with this offense since he's kind of taken over that QB one job for the K-State Wildcats. Um, I'm taking the six, but I also think they're froggy enough or pun intended frisky enough to win Ooh. on the road in Austin. And then the other best bet I have, we're going to go down to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. This might be the last Bedlam matchup for the foreseeable future. Now that Oklahoma and Oklahoma state are leaving the big 12 One's going to the sec and one's going to, was it the big 10? No, someone's going somewhere. Yeah. Texas is going, Texas and Oklahoma are going to the sec. There you go. So probably the last matchup in Bedlam. Uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys, Oklahoma state plus four and a half. I'm actually kicking myself because earlier the look ahead was uh, six and a half. I missed the boat on that. I'm going to take them plus four and a half. I, I I can't I can't go back to the well and back Oklahoma after the last two weeks. They had a scare against UCF, and they just got flat out outplayed by Kansas with their backup quarterback on the road in Lawrence, Kansas. I mean, the first pass of the game, Dylan Gabriel threw a pick six, and you know after that, I understand there was weather, there was a weather delay, and they really became one dimensional. They just started running the football here. But I, I can't I can't back them on the road in Bedlam. I'm actually kind of pissed this isn't a night game uh, in mm-hmm. Stillwater. But I'm going to take the Cowboys. And another one of those, I think these guys might be able to win. And if you look at the Oklahoma schedule after this game, like to quote you, Jay, they might be able to go on a run and go to the Big 12 championship if they beat Oklahoma. <laughs> it might not be the dream matchup, the Red River yeah. shootout part. Duh. It might be. Texas versus Oklahoma State or K-State versus Oklahoma State, depending on how this weekend shapes out. So give me the Cowboys. Give me the Wildcats for college this week. Are you saying they're going to rise from the ashes and go on a run like a Phoenix? Well, Oklahoma State isn't rise from the ashes because they've been kind of a little bit on a run That's here. True. Them and them are the Wildcats. So I, I, think, I think this is going to be a good game. This is going to be a good week. We come to the time of the program where I share the college football screen and we look at which matchups we're going to be watching. This is essentially me figuring out how I'm going to plan out my Saturdays live on the podcast. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Speaking of which, I need the Ohio State impersonation. (laughs) (laughs) With the health, the question of toughness, Ohio versus the world, Ohio versus the world, I'll tell you the question of toughness, with the health. Is, is that Brandon Puma or is that Ryan Day? I can't tell the difference. <laughs> Give me Maserati Mouth. Oh, Maserati Mouth. Don't start with the Gus Johnson impersonation. All right. Um, K State, Texas, talk about that. Texas AM, Ole Miss. Oh, it should be a fun game. That'll be a fun game. Jimbo will screw that. Northern Clemson. How about, uh, how about your boy, Dabo Spring, losing his, his crap on, uh, on a caller? <laughs> you sent me that. Yeah. You know what? You know, was... you know, you know, Dabo's feeling the heat. He's feeling the heat when he's going chirping at some random caller. You know what? Uh, one of the guys uh, from CBS and 24 7 Sports, Bud Elliott, he brought up a good point. It's like that was a Clemson like radio station, right? So, like, either that call screener immediately got fired uh-huh. or this was a work because uh-huh. I listened to like the audio of the whole thing. Like, I sent you a snippet. But yeah. I heard like the section where the caller called in and gave stats and everything. Like they gave him a lot of string on that phone call where like they could have dumped him at any time and, and just avoided that issue. So part of me thinks like, was it a work? 
maybe. Mm-hmm. But either way, Jay, like Dabo's done nothing. Like we said, I think we yep. said it last week. He's like Bill he Belichick hasn't done the anything. NFL. He hasn't done anything. Like like you said, he's the Belichick the NFL. He refuses to use NIL to to get talent in through the portal and whatnot. You know, Danny Canel brought up a good point. It's like you know, an NFL franchise, it's like the Pats, Jay, right? Just trying to win in the draft and not really doing anything in free agency here. So if I'm a Clemson fan and you're Dabo Sweeney and you're getting paid $11 million a year to essentially be the college football version of Ted Lasso, trying to find the positivity in everything, even though you're looking buffoonish against Mario Cristobal two weeks ago and losing in overtime, and then you lose to North Carolina State. Like, I'm I'm sorry. Sometimes, like, being Ted Lasso isn't the way to go. There isn't a positive in everything. Sometimes you need to start putting some boots to asses and, and, and getting something done because looking at this and then looking at what DJU is doing at Oregon State, and I understand Oregon State just lost to Arizona on the road, and that was actually a really good game. Like, DJU wasn't the problem. Cade Kludnick looks god-awful in this offense. And this is with, you know, what is it? Uh, uh, the head coach for USC. His brother's like the offensive coordinator. Lincoln Riley? Yeah, Lincoln Riley. I think it's Garrett Riley. He's the offensive coordinator at, uh, at Clemson. And it's 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 a tough watch. So, good God. Like, Notre Dame, I know their offense leaves a lot to be mm-hmm. desired. But, like, they – Nothing's a gimme. I think they could steamroll Clemson here. Uh, future Patriots quarterback Drake May is playing Campbell. Hopefully he does well. Rooting for you, Drake May. Yeah, bounce back spot after that Georgia Tech fiasco. Mm-hmm. Talked about Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Uh, watch, watch this game right here. Could be sneaky. Florida I, sneaky. I mean, Pitt beat Louisville. It, yep. Louisville's playing. Uh, who are they playing this week? Because that's a potential. Do you want to fade uh, Jeff Brom after a big mm-hmm. win against Duke? Uh, Missouri, fi- I'm sorry, Georgia finally getting a real test here soon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be nice. Penn State, Maryland, uh, I'll be all right on that. No, thank you. Iowa, Northwestern going to set back football by another 40 years. Picking up where the Giants and uh, mm-hmm. just left off. Let's see. Who's Colorado playing? Who's Colorado losing to this week, huh? Uh, who, who's <laughs> going to steal their merchandise from their locker room this week, too? Check out, check out this game. Washington versus USC. That's going to be a fun time right there. I wonder what the over-under is in that game. <laughs> His defense is going to be optional on that. And USC got out of Berkeley, you know, by the skin of their teeth last Barely. year. Uh-huh. So I, but then uh, again, like, Washington had a scare against Stanford, so. Chances yeah. eh. Washington loses to USC? Uh, I I don't see it, just because of how bad USC's defense is. The over-under yeah. this game should be 75, because Michael Penix is probably going to have a bounce-back game of his life and put up like six touchdowns in this game. I got a weird feeling about this game. I'm not saying I'm not saying I feel confident enough to bet money on USC winning, but I just got a weird feeling, dude. Um, and then finally, Oregon State's going to throttle Colorado, which is going to be wonderful. Let's go. Oh, that, oh, then what's uh, – oh, Arizona, UCLA, Pac-12 after dark. That might be a good game too. Mm-hmm. Arizona's mm-hmm. froggy. Like they, they – they're a fun – they're a fun team to watch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cool, cool. And that uh, that about does it for this uh, episode of the podcast. You want to get to anything else, sir? You want to plug it up? Yes, sir. Let's get out of Dodge. So this episode of the pod and previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio Podcast can be found wherever you like on demand. Spotify, 
YouTube. Be sure to hit that little bell button. Get notifications when we're about to go live. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, subscribe to Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts as well, too. Be sure to leave a five-star review. Social media-wise, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, the Twitter machine, at PFR Podcast, or Pro Football Radio Podcast. I am on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima, the captain of the ship on the ones and the twos, is at Jay Chima. And hopefully have a safe Halloween. And Jay, you got anything to say? See you guys next week. Via Contios! <laughs>